Our culture is always changing. What's important today was not that important 10 years ago. What is considered right and wrong today was not considered right or wrong 20 years ago. Things are always changing around us. But you know, that's not new. The fact that culture changes, that's not a new phenomenon. The world has always been different than the kingdom of God from the beginning. As soon as Jesus started introducing the kingdom, his kingdom and the culture around his kingdom collided. And they've been colliding ever since then. You and I don't need to bemoan the fact that the world around us is different than the church as much as we need to recognize it. We need to realize that we are not called to fit in with the culture around us. That may mean that people, people Twitter attack you. That may mean that people don't really like hanging out with you. You have to decide, is fitting into the culture around me more important or is being true to the person God called me to be more important? Where are my loyalties to my culture or to my king? The kingdom that believers are in doesn't think the same way as the rest of the world around us, as the culture. And so that's what we're spending some time dealing with those issues. Our key verse for the whole series is Colossians 2 and verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. That's the point that we're making for this whole series. That we're, we're learning from Paul and Colossians 2. There are those around us, and it's not, a, it's not an organized attempt. You know, I'm not talking about some kind of conspiracy theory against the church. It's just nature. It's just regular culture. By definition, Culture is going to try to get everyone to adjust. That's what culture is. Everyone adjusting to a way of thinking or to a way of living or to a way of dressing or to whatever. And so Paul says, see to it that, that no one takes you captive. You've been set free by Christ. Don't let the rules of the culture around you take you back into some kind of captivity. Those rules are, are hollow and they're deceptive based on the deceptive philosophy. And they depend on human tradition, the, the basic forces of the world instead of things of Christ. 
So last week we started with stand firm, laying a foundation for our lives because culture is always changing. It's hard to know what is true, what is real. You have your truth, I have my truth. And what we talked about last week was the fact that there is just one reality. And since there is one reality, there is absolute truth and we can learn that truth in scripture. This week, we're going to think together about be transformed. You've heard folks say many times, matter of fact, you've heard it from this pulpit many times. Jesus loves you just like you are. And that is absolutely true. But it's not the whole story. Jesus loves you just like you are. But he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay just like you are. He loves you and accepts you exactly who you are right this moment. But he loves you so much, he wants even more for you and even better than who you are at this moment. Transformation is not quick or overnight process. It takes time, dedication commitment. That's what Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse one, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice that the very way you live is an act of worship. That's really hard for us to get. We worship on the corner of Marable in Virginia from 10.15 to 11.00, right? That's worship when we show up in the room with the gray carpet. But Paul says, Instead of just considering that kind of experience worship, your whole life should be a, a living sacrifice. Your system of beliefs, your values, how you spend your money, how you make your money, how you interact with people, your very life should be a, a sacrifice an act of worship. Well, that's very hard for us to understand. He says that we're to present our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Well, Paul, how do we do that? Well, he's going to give us a formula. Verse two is a formula. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He gave us this formula. We subtract something, we add something, and we get a result. It's, it's, very difficult for us to comprehend all the truths, but it's very simple for us to get the math. Very simple for us to understand 
the way it works. You're going to take something away, then you're going to add something, and then you'll see the results. You'll be able to accomplish his goal of being a living sacrifice. So let's look at the formula. First, we say no to the world. You take something away. You say no to the world. He says, I, he says in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Now that word conformed is, is pretty simple to break apart. Anytime you see the prefix C-O-N on a word, you know it means together or with. So to be conformed, it, it means to be formed together. To be formed with the rest of the world. He says, do not be conformed to this world. To be conformed is to be changed because of pressures on the outside. There's a lump of clay and I can mold it. I'm conforming it through pressures on the outside. I'm making it what I want it to be. He says, what happens is the world around us does that automatically. And if we listen to the voices of the world, tell me what to believe, tell me what to think, tell me how to vote, tell me how to dress, tell me what's popular, tell me what's, what's important, tell me what to value, tell me who to cancel this week. We're conforming so we can, so it's comfortable fit. We find our place in the world and we just let the world mold us into the spot that they have prepared for us. And Paul says, say no to that. Just say no to the world. Do not be conformed to this world. In Jesus' day, Jewish culture in Israel was not as secular as our culture is today. You could even say it was a religious culture. Jewish culture in Israel, at least. But that religious culture was not based on truth. It was based on tradition, on popular opinions of the day. And so what did Jesus say when he showed up? Many times, matter of fact, next time you want a fun homework assignment, go through the Gospels and check how many times Jesus said this. You have heard it said, but I say to you. He jumped right smack dab in the, that's a Greek phrase, by the way. He, he jumped right smack dab in the middle of that Jewish religious culture that was founded and based on tradition, on keeping appearances, on fitting in, on doing the way that we do. And he said, you've heard this. But let me tell you the truth. So Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. That was Jesus' message as well. That's why he introduced the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard all this stuff before, but all this stuff is based on man's tradition. Let me introduce you to the real kingdom. That is the Sermon on the Mount. Culture tells us what's right and wrong, good and bad, true and false. But we want to listen to Jesus instead of culture. 
So we take something away. We say no to the world. Then we add something. We say yes to the way. And you know, the way is the early term that was used for Christianity. That was the term that was used for those who follow Jesus. Do not be conformed to this world, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You add something. You say yes to the way. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If to be conformed means to be changed from outward pressures, molding, to be transformed means to be changed from an inward energy. This is the word that we get, the, our word metamorphosis. This is, this Greek word describes what happens when the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. There's a change that takes place, but that change comes from within. And so Paul says, don't let the world form you into its image. Instead, trust in Christ to the degree that you live a life that is a living sacrifice so that he can begin the work of transforming from within to make you who he always intended you to be. So when we say don't conform to the world, Paul is not saying, and I'm not saying, you've already got it figured out, you're better than everybody. So don't be like them because you, you're better. No, you need to change. The question is, is the world going to change you from without or is Christ going to change you from within? Not one of us is perfect. Therefore, we all need to improve. Improvement is change. We all need to change. Who gets to decide what that change looks like? The world changes you from without or Christ changes you from within. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now that surprises us because we think all spiritual things take place in the heart. But he didn't say, let Jesus change how you feel. Let Jesus give you that ooey gooey warm feeling inside that lets you know the Holy Ghost is moving. He said, let Christ change you by renewing your mind the way you think. Well, how does that work? I need to change. I, 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 Christ is going to change the way I think. How does that work? Well, it works when I let his words fill my mind. He starts speaking to me through his word. He changes my thinking. We have a house plant. And from time to time, like you, we've had house plants that didn't live very long. Right? They start off green, strong, pretty. And before long, they're kind of falling over, brown. Before long, they get brittle, and they're gone. 
Well, what I figured out was that when you bring home that, that green plant, and it's so pretty, one of the first things you do, you set it in its place, one of the first things you do is you water that thing, right? Did you know that you have to keep watering it every once in a while after that? Doesn't it make sense? You put it there, you give it water, you've done your part. Now grow, plant. But every few days, you've got to add more water. If it's going to keep growing, you've got to add more water. Well, preacher, I walked the aisle, I prayed the prayer, I got my water, I'm good. And that's why you're shriveling up on the vine. Because the way it works is every day you got to get more water. Every day you got to get you got to get that spiritual food. Every day you've got to be renewing your mind. Every day you got to listen. Coming on Sunday to hear what a person interprets from his word is biblical and it's very important, it's meaningful, but that's not the primary way he intends to feed you. The primary way he intends to feed you is in a communion with himself. Let's sit down. You talk to God through prayer and he's gonna to talk to you through his word and there's a communication, a conversation. And the more those conversations you have, the more he's going to transform your thinking. And you're going to start to see the world differently. You're going to see yourself differently. You're going to see his kingdom differently. He is transforming you from within. Friends, there is an inevitable collision between God's kingdom and our culture. We need to regularly water our minds and our hearts with this truth so we'll be ready for that collision. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1, says, Blessed is the man, and in Hebrew, there was no way to say man or woman. He could have, but it would have been very awkward. In Hebrew, everybody caught that this was person. Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. You see, he is not conformed by the world. He doesn't let the world tell him who to be, what to think, what's important, what to value. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel, that means advice, of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. His mind is being transformed, being renewed every day. So we take something away, we say no to the world, we add something, we say yes to the way, and then we see the result. We discern the truth. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
It is then that we find the truth. Not your truth, my truth. Not this week is bad, next week is good. But it is that we find the truth. We are able to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The truth is God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he says that by testing, you're going to be able to discern what that will is, what that purpose is. You won't find your plan or your purpose in popular opinions or traditions of this world. You're not going to find it in a relationship with Mr. Right or Ms. Right. You won't find it in social media status or in a personal accomplishments. Christ is the only one who can give real meaning and lasting purpose in your life. You have to change how you think so you say no to the world and yes to the way. A friend recently shared with me a video in which the, the, the person in the video was telling his story. True life story about he was on a small airplane and the pilot passed out. So what do you do? He got on the radio. He said, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Somebody on a shorthand radio somewhere said, hey, I can hear you. What's going on? I need help. The other person helped him figure out how to get in touch with, with a radio tower at, at an airport in Alaska. The guy on the other side of the radio, other end of the communication, the guy on the radio out of that tower at the airport told him it's my job to get you home safe but here's the deal you have to obey my voice or you'll die the man flying the plane couldn't see anyone he didn't know how to fly he couldn't read the instruments he didn't know what was true but the man on the radio just kept saying, follow my voice, follow my voice. And the man who was telling his story said that he had to listen to the voice, trust the one speaking, and do what the voice told him. By following the voice, the man eventually landed the plane and got home safe. We find a challenge in life because we can see the world. We can see culture. We can hear all the voices. And so it's easy for us to turn our attention to those things that we see. But there is one that we cannot yet see whose voice is the only one we can completely trust. And although we can't see him, if we follow his voice, he will get us home safe. Our challenge is to say no to the world, to shut out some of the voices, to say yes to the way to begin being transformed, and it's a process. It doesn't happen one time. It happens from now on forever. 
You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we can eventually hear that one voice and we'll know his will, according to the last part of that verse, we'll know his will and we'll find the truth. Joel 2 and 12 offers us a great word of hope. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And the reason I want to end with that verse is this. Many of us have been driven by the culture our whole lives. Even after we became Christian, we are still more concerned about fitting in and thinking right and making sure that we go along with what our culture says is valuable. Those things drive us and we're ignoring the one voice that is true. But we don't have to stay that way. Even now, in other words, it's not too late. Even now, return to me with all your heart. It's an invitation to come back home. Let him begin that transformation process again so he can make you the person he intended you to be from the beginning.